There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we reflected on the football last night. I, I did another watch of an old big match which threw up some stuff which he discussed. It was good. Yeah, <laughs> you've got that. Uh, that's right. We uh, we also had a chat with Mike Ward. He didn't have a lot to offer in the way of television uh, programmes for tonight, but we had a good chat with him and uh, the return of an old favourite, which was fun. Yeah. Mike, talking of old favourites, Mike Parry, he was on top. <laughs> he was bonkers, yeah, as mad. always. Mike Parry, a striker we brought you. Yeah, very it's good. Exciting. It's actually quite exciting. It and uh, the Clips jukebox was a special one today. Uh, we found some old clips from 2003. Yeah. And our producer put them together for us. And uh, they were a lot of fun to listen to. They yes, do sound a lot different. All sound a lot younger, many of the presenters, some of them which are still here. So here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Let's kick off then with a revelation. The new sport that uh, you're inflicting, sorry, introducing your uh, your wife, uh, Sue, to, whether she likes it or not. And it is? Basketball. <laughs> after, it had to happen after the last dance, really. <laughs> it did, didn't it? Really. it was always going to be uh, the yeah. case. So ordered, um, the thing is, I ordered yeah. the ball and the uh, and the set, the, the hoop and the thing. But of course, it doesn't come ready assembled, which is a slight problem, or pumped up. Do you so have to put the a... hoop? Is it an indoor set or an outdoor set? No, no, outdoor. It's outdoor. Yeah. Have you got somewhere you can attach the? Is it a hoop on a oh, stand? No, no, it's, or it's, 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 no, it's on a stand with a backboard and everything. Yeah. Right. And you've got to. No, I, I, I won't be having. What are the neighbours going to make of that going up? Yes, I don't know yet. We'll see. I mean, the constant I... bouncing of the ball, and if you're going for three-pointers, is it a proper basketball? A proper, it's not like a soft ball. No, no, it's a proper basketball. It's quite noisy, oh, you're right. Oh, it's, oh, uh, oh. it's not I so much noise. It's also, basketballs are quite heavy, so Sue will have to get very good very quickly because if she does miss one, it's going to go through someone's window, isn't it? I can see this being quite an expensive game. Yeah, but, but you she have won't bought, play for, she you won't play for a, long, whatever we've done. You bought her a jersey, haven't you, as well? Yeah, I bought her the uh, Michael Jordan uh, jersey as well. <laughs> She's a good sport. She goes along with it she all. She is. No, it's brilliant. It's but great. We we broke the record yesterday. We broke the, it was the eight, it was eight, five, nine, 859 consecutive shots without error, which is, oh, in, this is, this is not basketball, we should buy it, ping pong. Ping pong, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
And it's interesting because even at the end of it, she, she was still complaining. She said to me, oh, the, you didn't close the window properly. The the blind was flapping. It was putting me off. I said, what are you talking about? We just broke the record. How could it be putting yeah. you off? But I, I wrote down, this is what, these are the things that have to happen for us mm. to play table tennis. She has to play from the same end. The blinds have to be down. The chairs yeah. have to be arranged neatly. We have to use the orange ball, not the white ball. No talking. No laughing by me at any point. <laughs> no saying well played. I can't go, oh, wow. great shot. No, that puts her off. Uh, <laughs> she said it's all to do with the counting rather than concentration. I can see, Andy, then, why she's wearing that Jordan 23 jersey because it's that same focus, isn't it? That same focus. Everything has to be right. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, she'll, little things that she'll feed off, like the flapping blinds. You know, that's why. And, and, and beating the record wasn't enough for her. Uh, she wants to beat it even more, so I she know. sees that as, as not winning. So the Jordan comparisons person. just keep just keep racking up, don't they? Now, I did a bit of a I did a big match revisited at the weekend, and without fail, these have always turned up a story. It, it's bizarre, mm. really. Um, it was the fifteenth of September, nineteen seventy-four, and it started with Brian Moore, the host, um, apologising for the fact that they'd spent. Most of on the ball the day before, talking about Brian Clough, who'd just been sacked a couple of days before after 44 days at Leeds. And of course, oh, big he, story. he was a regular on the ITV panel. So as he told Brian Moore that as far as he was concerned, he was finished with football management at that point. Yeah. How did that work out for him? <laughs> Thankfully, Forest fans, that wasn't yeah. the case. <laughs> um, it was a game between, and the fact that the big match was always warts and all, and they didn't have that option to make it the last game because they only ever had one feature match. It was a game between Chelsea and Arsenal. And uh, it was nil-nil. It was a dog with fleas, really. It was a few <laughs> chances, but it wasn't great. The keepers did quite well. And they were, they were talking about too. the boxes in the new stand at Chelsea. And Mr. Mears was very, very happy about the boxes in the new stand. And they showed people in the executive boxes having a good old drink up. So it was in the days before you had to worry about having a drink within sight of the pitch. Chelsea's oh, top player at that time was David Hay. Oh, um, really? Brian <coughs> Kidd. That, that was quite a difficult time for Chelsea. They were relegated yeah. soon after, weren't they? Brian Kidd was playing very well for Arsenal at the time. Pat Partridge was your referee. That's a name. Oh, that's um, a good name for from the past. There was ads around the perimeter for both the Exorcist and B-Jam. Not that I'm suggesting at all that <laughs> there was any link between the two. Um, Ian Hutchinson. B-Jam was the forerunner of Iceland, wasn't it? Was. It was. I think, I think in the end, yeah. Iceland swallowed B-Jam up. But... Uh, <laughs> But uh, Ian Hutchinson was the king of the long throw, and Brian Moore was oh, making the point yeah. about what a weapon uh, that long throw continued to be even in 1974. Um, the other thing I noticed was Jimmy Rimmer. I mean, I mean, players now are a lot vainer than they used to be. And he wasn't alone in this, because Big Joe Jordan did the same thing. But Jimmy Rimmer had very few teeth when he played in goal for Arsenal. I mean, like, I mean, not, not just one missing. So almost like the, the complete front set had gone. He's only got kicked in the mouth in a game at Man United yeah. once. He probably had a false one that he uh, wore off the pitch. But he was worse. He made Joe Jordan look like Rob Beckett. I mean, he had, he had that many missing. <laughs> That's a good similar. The other Arsenal fans trying to put a handle on this period, it was the Charlie George Perm. Uh, period. He looked like a cockapoo. It really it wasn't working. <laughs> Whereas John Dempsey, who had a good game that day, the Chelsea uh, defender, yeah. look, his hair, he was bald, but instead of having a sweep, he kept it very long at the side. So when he played and it got sweaty, he looked like Max Wall. I was waiting for the drums to start, you know. <laughs> 
It's good. Um, He's a good man, John Dempsey. uh, Jimmy Rimmer, of course, had been playing. He was in the studio, and Jimmy Rimmer had been playing in the fourth division uh, at Swansea and had worked his way back into the Premier League and, of course, went on and won two European Cups with Villa. Amazing, isn't it, really? Yeah, that is um, But Jimmy, fourth division at that point, uh, Harry Gregg was the coach who kind of gave him the... Gave him the confidence, and then he goes on and does that. Peter Shorten at that time had been linked to Arsenal, but Jimmy was saying, no, I think I'm playing well now. I'm going to keep the place. It's <laughs> like being there, isn't it? It's too, it's it's Newcastle, like it. <laughs> Newcastle played Carlisle as well. That was the backup game, 1-0 Newcastle. And oh, yeah. Ken Wollstonehome was your commentator, probably one of his really? last commentaries. And Neil Dance, hope you're listening. This was a Birmingham. Uh, then we had Birmingham Derby, 3-2 to Birmingham, despite a late Derby comeback. These were the Birmingham players, Trevor Francis, Howard Kendall, Bob Hatton, uh, Gordon Taylor. Uh, they spoke to him afterwards on a very bad mobile, <laughs> even though it hadn't been. Yeah. And Kenny Burns was playing. Uh, <laughs> for, for Derby, you had Roger Davis, Franny Lee, Archie Gamble, Colin Todd. There were some fine players uh, yeah. and plenty of goals in that one. Yeah. And just one other thing, John Matthews was the was the standout player that day. He was an 18-year-old uh, Arsenal defender. He did, well, I think he went on and played in midfield. He was man of the match. And at the end, Brian Moore said, listen out for this name, John Matthews. He's going to be a, a real star of the future. And of course, you, you immediately think, I don't remember John. So you go to uh, do a little bit of work on it. And uh, John got games for Arsenal. He found himself at the club at a time when there were lots and lots of very good midfielders in there like Liam Brady. Then he broke his ankle and he was out for nearly a season. And that That's was it good. for him, really. He went off and he had a good career, though. Oh, Sheffield United. Are and, you going to admit, else. though, you asked us to look up John Williams, not John I Matthew. did. I sent you on a wild goose chase for John Williams. <laughs> Can we track him, him down? Because <laughs> we found um, John John Williams did play for Torquay as well because John yeah. Matthews went on to play for Torquay. So it all got a bit confusing. But it was it was it was just one of that microcosm of you know them's the breaks the fickle finger of fate a young kid playing very well a star of the future yeah and then true. then an injury and it kind of derails but he said it went on and had a good career but maybe not the career that oh, Brian Moore thought he would have then the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talksport so Andy we were going to talk about last night's game in the Bundesliga because it did throw up some interesting talking points didn't it. It did. Um, I said to you. you now can't think of any of them. I'll just no, give no, you my initial thing. I've been sitting okay. here saying I've got no problem with uh, artificial sound effects. But funny enough, watching last night, hearing the players uh, talking to each other, hearing the coaches, I thought, you know, I quite like that. I think the idea of being able to yeah. do that in the Premier League where you can understand everything that's being said. And it was interesting to hear uh, Thomas Muller say afterwards that knife in the crowds has made it easier for players to communicate, to get your message across from one end of the pitch to the other. But I, I think I've come around to the idea that I would like a sort of, I'd like to see some games uh, and without that kind of artificial atmosphere. Yeah, no, I, I had exactly the same thought. I mean, I love the sound of sport. And I, I, at first, I also thought that. And, but, you know, I don't speak German, so it doesn't mean nothing. But it's interesting to hear the players. And when, when we're going to be able to understand them, it's going to be even more interesting. It's going to be fascinating. Well, I was fascinated also by the fact that they didn't go to VAR. And, oh, uh, for that you know, boating handball, yeah. It was definitely a mistake from the people at Stockhausen Park, which is the <laughs> German was. VAR centre. Very much a mistake, but, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, I, enjoy, I enjoyed the game. I thought brilliant 
play at times. Clearance off the line by Pizchek was incredible. Oh, yeah. I've always wanted him to become a drugs tester when he retires. That was a perfect <laughs> nominative <laughs> determination. He'd, he'd walk into that job, wouldn't he? He very much would walk into that <laughs> job. But, but all in all, I thought, you know, it just showed, like we said to John Cross, it showed you can have a great game of football. Yes, the yeah. crowd are very important. The big difference at the end, though, there, then this was a factor. Where you think that Dortmund, 1-0 down, 15 minutes to go, they're throwing everything at Bayern. The crowd would have been frantic. They'd have been trying to suck the ball into the net. And you yeah. didn't get any of that. You didn't get that feeling. And it would have maybe have given Dortmund another 1%, 2%, and that could have been the difference. No, you're right. You know. yeah, I mean, we've seen this home advantage thing. Everybody would have seen the stats. We've mm. talked about it on the station today. But it, it's not actually working particularly well. There is no real home advantage uh, at the moment. Um, and that was a big play by Watford and Brighton and one or two other clubs down there who felt neutral grounds would have uh, hindered them. But when you look at some of the numbers and the amount of goals the away teams have been scoring, uh, maybe it's like being at home, but when none of the advantages of being at home, like like no, your home crowd. That, I mean, maybe it feeds yeah, into the fact that crowds are very important. Uh, very important. To a team. You know, uh, I thought, good. honestly, we spoke to Paul Dempsey last week. What a brilliant job he's doing there. That cannot yeah. be easy. I mean, he, and I thought his commentary was excellent. He sensed that Dortmund were dropping off, not clearing their lines. He virtually predicted the goal when it came. You could feel the goal coming and it came. And I thought at one point he lost the picture and he, oh, he did, did feel that thing. They hit the post. They hit the post, didn't they? Yeah, I did feel right. for him. But he did that thing you should always do in broadcasting, which is be honest. And so yeah. he didn't try and bluff it. He just said, I've lost the picture. Because it did. I mean, at the, in the moment, it was odd because there was a shot, wasn't there? And it, it, it yeah. hit the post. And he said, "You've got to say Hummels is having a great game." I thought that's probably not. But then he, he's you're absolutely right. He had to explain the fact that he'd lost pictures and he apologised and he saw the replay. But you know, he, that would have been a huge mistake to have covered that up because it uh, it wouldn't have been great. Yeah, but, um, no, I thought all in all, and, and to, to be fair, I've been a bit critical of Aaron Harkins, but he's improved. He has, you know. Yeah. So, uh, it was, it was good. I enjoyed the coverage. I enjoyed all of it, actually, which surprised me because I thought, uh, you know, up to now, I haven't really enjoyed the games, but I hadn't cared about them. Whereas that's a game I would normally have watched, so I enjoyed yeah. it. And, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, there's something relentless about Bayern. And that the only downside is that it's effectively it. Seven points clear the way they're playing. You can't also, see them losing it now, which takes a bit of the jeopardy out of the rest of it, of course. If the Champions League comes back, they've got a massive advantage. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They'll really have been the playing running. five, yeah. six weeks more football than anybody else. Sure. They'll be fitter. They'll be strong. Yeah. You know. They started every game the same. I've seen them three times now, and every time, they, they for 10 minutes, they just it looks like they're just kind of reserving, preserving their energy. They start slowly, but then they just get going, and we saw that again sort of yeah. last night. So and Anyway. Realize the, ball, the ball's in play a lot longer, so you could feel that as well. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Everybody's found themselves, those who've been getting a little bit of shopping uh, coming into uh, their homes, maybe home deliveries for, for their mm. parents and stuff, uh, have got used to because if you don't normally have home deliveries uh, you wouldn't be used to the substitution um, and the kind of substitution that sometimes <laughs> like go that. on sometimes uh, go on and uh, I wasn't aware of this one but um, we got some items from my mum and we had a substitution for her which was uh, we, we didn't have the uh, orange squash so we substituted it with some instant espresso coffee with a kind of ersatz milk <laughs> thing in it so it's all in one so I mean, if you won't like this squash that won't quench your thirst what about some nice coffee now I don't know if you've seen this one this has emerged today my youngest lad's just sent it to, to me and I don't know if it's doing the rounds or whether it's a colleague or whatever 
But it says, you ordered Whiskers Temptations adult a cat treat with chicken. We're delivering as a substitution. Sensations Thai Sweet Chili Crisps. And they're going to get caught. They're going to get caught in the cat's throat, <laughs> aren't good. they? And Not also, good. I mean, that's, the old sweet chili is going to play havoc with its insides, that's even if it can break down the crisps. So, the, I, was, the I mean, wife's it's cousin. A, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. He he got he ordered some asparagus. I suppose a bunch of asparagus. And he got hmm. one. Oh really? One. They sent him one yeah. as, one asparagus. <laughs> okay, what is yeah. a single asparagus? I've um, no idea. Asparagus. Yeah. What, yeah. what about that? Um, so yeah. it, it's a bit of a universal thing. So uh, do let yeah. us know some of the great. I mean, not just in lockdown, but some of the great substitutions mm. that uh, that you have had over the years with the supermarkets. And as we were hearing earlier on from Amelia, it's it's been. A bumper time from that point of view of all the restaurants closed. Supermarkets have, have had a good time of it. Oh, Talksport.com. I knew that was going to have to be the case. Like, yeah, of course. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, not be. it was brilliant for them. Um, oh, let me just set the addresses, Andy. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Talksport.com to get in touch. Um, forward slash H&J. You can text to 81089. Tweet to TSH and Jam. We'll bring you the best of some of those uh, substitutions. I, if I, I know if I say, let's have your worst substitutions, you're going to say, I don't know. Whoever for <laughs> yeah. Sergio Aguero after 66 <laughs> minutes. Take it as yeah, we're all. talking about supermarkets. <laughs> of course. Keep going. Sir Alex, Fer- Sir Alex Ferguson, he's, oh, uh, yeah. he, he's been, uh, he asked Manchester United to send him a Lego set of Old Trafford yeah. uh, to entertain him in lockdown. It's a 3,898-piece stadium uh, replica. It takes around seven and a half hours to build. It costs 250 quid, and that includes the statue of Sir Alex. He must have quite fun doing that. And uh, I was thinking, without keeping him going, then he could do Pitodri. That would be good, too. You know, yeah. home over Aberdeen. And, yeah. uh, but he's, he's not going to do Anfield, is he, though? He's unlikely to. Clyde Bank he was as well, wasn't it? I mean, he can maybe go oh, to no. Lego <laughs> do. Uh, they probably do, haven't got that one. Do that one. If it goes far, that. No. Anyway, uh, Andy, it's an anniversary today of a, of a match I was at. And I know this, if Jeff Peters is listening, he will remind me again. I should have done my research, but I know Jeff will uh, do it for me. Because I've mentioned being at this game before, but it is the anniversary in 1996 of uh, the playoff final at Wembley between uh, Crystal Palace and Leicester City, and uh, I went along to this one with my mate Dan Goldstein, uh, who I started 90 minutes with. He's a big Palace fan, and um, it was the last seconds of extra time. It was about to go to penalties, and knowing penalties were coming up, and people think this is a Tim Crawl thing, but it's not. Leicester City brought on their reserve keeper for the Pens, and he was about six foot ten. This fella. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't remember. He was, uh, I can't oh, remember, he was, was his Slovakian name? or Slovenian. Uh, Jeff yeah, will yeah, remember yeah. if he's listening. Yeah, he but, will, yeah. um, uh, I can't remember. But anyway, they brought him on for the pens, and it really seemed, and they just switched off for a second, Palace. And Steve Claridge shinned it, as he admits. He didn't yeah. strike the ball particularly well, so shinned it into the net. And uh, that was the end of that, 2-1 and, and, and Leicester. Leicester went up, but um, it's always hard. You know, I had no. I mean, I felt sorry for Palace. I was with the Palace fans, and I had sort of skin in the game to that extent. But I've been to quite a few playoffs when there's not much riding on it. But man, you do feel for the old team that loses. It's oh, yeah, always it's a tough, jeopardy. always a tough be, watch because of the jeopardy. It'll be interesting yeah. to see what happens if you know the championship comes back and they do have playoffs. So it'll be. I'm hoping Brentford will be in them. The um, talking of. Uh, Sir Alex Ferguson and Lego. Yeah. I'm definitely hoping this bloke gets knighted. He is the uh, he's the director of Take Britain. He's in charge of the Turner Prize, mm. and he's called Alex Farkerson. 
I just what wanted to mean? be knighted. Sir Alex Farkerson. Sir Alex Farkerson. That's fantastic. Yeah. Farky. Very, very good. As they call him. They call him, I don't think they call him Farky. Maybe he'll get his own chat show. Here we are. I told you, Jeff would know. Uh, yeah, I should have looked does. it up, Jeff, but I'd say I, I, I knew I didn't need to because you are a Lesterpedia. <laughs> Kevin Paul was subbed off. Um, it was Kelko Kalach who came on, and was he six foot ten, Jeff? Can you uh, can you verify that? Uh, he will any second, but yeah, it, it made it made a big difference when he did. Uh, Kalach was awful. Went on to play for AC Milan. Amazingly, says Jeff. That's yeah, incredible. I mean, it was uh, quite amazing. Anyway. Uh, so there we are on this day, 19. Sorry, Palace. Oh, Kevin Day's thinking, yeah, thanks. So um, we're going to bring you Stryker. Um, and oh, good. Yes. Uh, and uh, here it is then. And let's bring you up to date. This is Steve Bruce's murder mystery. And uh, where we left off yesterday was that the Lettersford town manager, Steve Barnes, had just gone off the phone to his wife and he's on his way home to her after spending some time investigating the goings-on at a dodgy nightclub where he found his striker, Jimmy Lawson, taking part in illegal activities, including black market gambling and drug use. I promised I'd be home in about 40 minutes. I intended to keep my promise too. I was soon on the motorway travelling west. The automatic climate control wraps you in a cocoon of deceptive warmth. It's barely possible with the 3.2 litre engine and the 5 speed electronic automatic transmission to know that you're travelling at speed. Not my words Carol, the words of Top Gear magazine. I was making good progress towards exit 22 when I noticed a car behind me. His lights were flashing, headlights and the light on the roof. Then he sounded his klaxon horn noisily. It was a police vehicle. No. There were umpteen cars exceeding the national speed limit of 70 miles an hour. It was only when the police car drew alongside me that I realised fully I was the object of the law's interest. A police officer, well wrapped against the wind and rain, came to my vehicle. Would you get out, sir? Look, officer, I began. Please get out of your car, sir, he interrupted. I stepped out into the wind and rain and autumn cold. Millions of years ago, before man on earth, animals we now associate with tropical Africa roamed this area. They had to move or perished with the advance of the Ice Age. This particular evening, cold and raw, was no fit climate for man or beast. Watch out, Attenborough. I followed the officer to the police car. I sat in the back seat. The second officer had fed my car number plate into a computer. What's your occupation? One asked. Football club manager, I said. First team coach. What club will that be, sir? The other asked. Let us for town, I answered with a sigh. And I wasn't the only one exceeding the speed limit. So you admit that you were exceeding the national level, sir? Yes, I replied testily. Not very clever of Steve there, was it, to say I wasn't the only one breaking the speed. Oh! <laughs> I love the idea say, that lions and tigers once roamed the plains of Leddesford yeah. <laughs> before the Ice Age. <laughs> That's it. So yeah. brilliantly brought to life there by Ian Danter. And uh, just to let you know, the 10th episode of his uh, podcast, Barmy Old Podcast, is available to listen to now. And on it, he does. have you ever heard his, his Ozzy Osbourne? It's uncanny. 
I mean, I thought yeah, it was yeah. an old clip of Ozzy Osbourne here, but he's got him singing. It's a Mr. Man story. And a bloke called Dominic Cummings, who I think the name rings a bell, but I can't think why he's famous. <laughs> but anyway, Dance is, uh, is doing a bit of that for you. So go and check out his, uh, his excellent new podcast, uh, episode 10. Is available now. We should thank Gavin you... Johnson as well, by the way, who backed up the fact that it was uh, uh, Zalich, the goalkeeper. They called him the spider. He was six foot seven. He was an Australian international. They are for the completists. That's true. Do you think that uh, anybody out there has got, as Rodney would say, out there in Radio Land, has yeah. anyone got the second or third book in the Steve? Bruce well, I'm series. sure they have, but I mean, if it comes to a bidding war, Andy, they could it could prove expensive for us. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll have to. We'll, we'll get. We'll. I think this one came courtesy of of, uh, of Martin Kellner. I seem to believe. I could be wrong. I don't know quite where this striker came from, but he may want it back. I mean, I, I will look at the stamp in the front. It could cost me a few quid when I finally get it back to him. But we'll find out if Martin has got sweeper and defender. The other two books. And we asked you for substitutions, Andy, and uh, people have responded. Oh, uh, Paul in Middlesbrough said uh, one of the supermarkets subbed a one-pound pizza for 48 toilet rolls, which is pretty good, I'd say. <laughs> um, That's ridiculous. Last week, ordered fresh broccoli, got a small tin of green lentils instead, uh, it says in the craft shed. And uh, Ollie, the Chelsea fan, my dad's kettle stopped working. Tesco ran out and substituted it for a toaster. Oh, come on. <laughs> That's an accident waiting to happen, isn't it? So uh, it is. keep them coming then. Some of the great substitutions you found in lockdown or before. Talksport.com. Text uh, 81089-TSH&J. The springboard for this was uh, some Whiskers cat treats that they substituted with um, Thai Sweet Sensations crisps, which, uh, I mean, some cats will eat anything, but that is pushing it a bit. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Yes, time once again uh, to enter the weird and wonderful world of Mike Parry in lockdown. Mike, uh, Mike, good afternoon. Good afternoon, fellas. I hope you're keeping well. Yeah, we're not too bad, thank you, Mike. We're a little bit concerned today, though, because our spies tell us that uh, you are thinking of buying yourself a pub. Is that that a good idea? Well, uh, that idea's been bouncing around for a few years because, uh, you know, I'm a sort of uh, multi... A positional person, you know, stockbroker, mm. belt, sorry, the south coast of England, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and I see the benefits of, you know, fresh air and all that kind of stuff, okay? Now, the idea is a country pub. Now, what put me onto this was there is a very, very famous model called Jody Somebody. Um, kid. Who's, Jody uh, Kid. Jody Kid, that, that's yeah. the one. And she's got this fantastic pub, okay? In, in, it's a country pub in a little village mm. and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, she's gone into it in a consortium, I think, with other people. But yeah. I saw her talking from there just a couple of days ago. And it's, it's, it's my ideal pub. It's the dream country pub, you know, the, the, the English tavern and, 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 you know, the brasses around the bar and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, I've really got it. It's make or break time. You know, I'm of a certain age where I should think about doing it. The only, the only problem is it's very, very hard work. So I'd have to get yeah. somebody else in to run it. Right. Uh, I would only want to sit on, the end of the, on a stool on the end of the bar all day and, uh, you know, uh, give, uh, the, give the customers the benefit of my extreme knowledge and, uh, and um, you know, information which I could give them. And then I thought, now, do I know anybody else that I've worked with over the years who's tried this? And I thought, 
Oh, yes, Mr. Brazil. Mr. Brazil, uh, yeah. Mr. Brazil, yeah. of course, he had, a, he had a, a pub in Ipswich, uh, and it was called, it was quite a strange name, I forgot what it was called now, but it was um, something like, you know, uh, the snake in your back or something like that. It is a strange name. But it was something like that, and, um, <laughs> and you know, Al, Al made a very good job of it, but said that, you know, he wasn't cut out to be uh, a public head, and of course... Where the radio world says, well, thank God he came up to that conclusion, otherwise you wouldn't have had 20 years of him uh, at Talk Sport, which, of course, yeah. has lit everybody's life up. So I'm not absolutely convinced yet, but it is something which I am... Um, you see, you can, you can own a pub and be a pub landlord and still get on with life. My very yeah. good friend Piers Morgan uh, has a pub called The Handsome Cap uh, in, in West London, and I think also, I think mm. you'll find... That that wonderful model, forty-year-old um, what's her name? Um, you know the girl I'm talking about, very shapely Kate lady. Who, uh, no, no, not Kate Moss. No, no. the uh, the other one. Uh, anyway, I'll remember her name in a minute. She's, <laughs> she's got one. her she's got her own pub in London as well, and, oh. and of course they, they they just own the the sort of property and the pub and all that kind of stuff. And mm. somebody else gets on with the running of it. But it would be great, wouldn't it, to say you know come back to my place and all of a sudden. You uh, you get in the people carrier and take people back and you drive up the uh, the road and and you say no, this is mine my pub it'd be, it'd be absolutely yeah. fantastic yeah wow, well, yeah. yeah I mean would you the do Goodison food? Arms I'm going with the Goodison so, yeah. Arms yeah with Dixie Deans you'd have to call it uh, well well you you could call it the Dixie Deans couldn't you I mean yeah. I, I mean there's been so much to celebrate about him recently mm. talking about celebrations fellas or commemorations yeah. by the mm. way. Uh, I noticed that today is, in fact, on this day in, I think it was 2008, wasn't it? Uh, Manchester United played Barcelona at the uh, Stade, uh, no, the Olympic Stadium in Rome. Uh, it was the one where Messi scored one of the few goals he's ever scored with, um, with his, his head, didn't he? That would be 2009. It wasn't 2008, 2009, that was yeah. Moscow. That was Chelsea, Chelsea yeah. Manchester United. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, so, what year was the uh, what year was the Rome one? Uh, that was. Would that be two thousand and nine? That one, Mike? Would it or? Was it, yeah, yeah. It, it probably. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember now. But uh, anyway, um, <laughs> well, I, uh, supermodels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. The uh, the point is, I went to that one and mm. um, I suffered a terrible injury because I fell off a cliff by mistake um, going to the ground. Because um, the Olympic Stadium's a little bit out of um, sort of Rome city centre, if you know yeah. what I mean. And I remember, yeah. We all we all know who Berlusconi is, don't we? Oh yeah. Um, now, now he used to run Italy. Uh, he used to run all of Italy's media um, operations, television, newspapers, all that. But he also ran um, the um, who did he run? Was it Inter Milan? Uh, AC, AC Milan. AC Milan. AC Milan. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. AC Milan. That's right. Yeah. So I'm not quite sure what he was doing there that night. Oh, I suppose it was because it was in Italy. That's right, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> so, so what happens is, what happens is, under normal circumstances, when the VIPs arrive, mm. they just kind of close off, you know, one road next to the stadium, don't they? And they roll out a red carpet from the entrance to the, you know, the director's entrance to the car. Yeah. With Berlusconi, they closed off about six streets away from the stadium. Mm. And do you know what they did, which I've never seen anywhere else in the world, for anybody else, including politicians, they, don't just, they didn't just give Berlusconi a red carpet from the director's entrance out to his car. They actually carpeted all those streets with red carpet, right? Right. To, to, for his car to drive on. 
Um, so the last six streets that Mr. Berlusconi drove on, his chauffeur-driven Merc or whatever it was, uh, probably some sort of Italian job, I suppose, uh, up to up to the stadium, they drove over red carpet. Anyway, because of that, because of yeah. that. I decided I wasn't going to be held up by Mr. Berlusconi. So I decided, uh, you know, the police were trying to make me wait. Um, but I decided to get to the ground by another circuitous route, which actually takes you up behind the stadium and mm. over a sort of cliff-type thing where they were building some sort of new complex, you see what I mean? Yeah. And, and unfortunately, it proved to be rather tiring. So instead of wanted to continue this journey up and down the other side, I decided to um, scale the cliff face of this quarry. And unfortunately, I fell off and uh, I, I tumbled down the mountain, so to speak, onto the road below. Mm. And by the time I got to the ground, I had great difficulty getting in because I was going into a VIP entrance and... Yeah. They thought I was a vagrant because uh, my clothes were torn and uh, and I was covered in sort of clay and stuff, you know. And, oh, uh, lovely look. I tell you, I, I tell you, I went with. Do you remember we used to have a really uh, decent chap at um, Talksport? Well, we still got plenty of them, but he was one. Yeah. And he had and, and he had ginger hair and glasses and a double-barrelled surname. He was a um, he was a whiz kid on the uh, computers and all that kind of stuff. Do you remember? Nick? Going was it about? Nick? Oh, Rostrum Pike. That's him. That's yeah. him. Nick Rostrum Pike. I love the way we have to basically fill in all the blanks, Mike. It's, you are a mind of partial information, aren't you? Really. <laughs> By the way, the, mod, the other model who's got the uh, pub, Kelly Brook. I've just reminded. Ah, remember. Kelly Brook. Yeah, you didn't get invited yeah, to any of Berlusconi's bunga bunga parties. You didn't go along, Mike, did you? <laughs> no. I would no, love to I have seen that. that. Well, look, yeah. we're, Mike, we're nearly out of time. We've got okay, back, we got a minute, literally a minute, for yeah. you to tell us why you want to buy an oil tanker. Well, the point is, is I'm smarter than the average bear, right? Now, if I go and borrow $100 million, there's, mm. by the way, there's, a, there's about three or 400 oil tankers around the world just sitting in uh, shallow water with mm. full of oil because there's nowhere now to store the oil because oil uh, demand for oil is so low now, the storage has run out, OK? Yeah. Now, I, I could go to my broker, borrow $100 million, buy the oil, probably buy the tanker as well because they're worth absolutely nothing at the moment. Mm. And, of course... When the economy revives itself and goes up, I only need a 5% rise in the price of oil, and I've suddenly got a $5 million profit plus an oil tanker. Um, and I don't know yeah. why I haven't thought about it before. Well, that's a brilliant idea. And all those the fun idea. you could have on the Solent with your oil tanker. It <laughs> would be fantastic, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. They're about a mile right. long, aren't they, some of them? They're uh, about a mile long. In, in fact, you're absolutely right. That's where the U.S. Navy parked their aircraft carriers for Solent because they're too big to go into Portsmouth Harbour. So I know all about big ships in the Solent. And you're absolutely right to point that out, Paul. Thank you. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. The Talk Sport Clips of the Week. Well, kind of, uh, the Clips of the Week. We'll have a regular uh, batch, a fresh batch, on uh, Friday for you. But uh, these are from July 2003. We've been spinning the old um, Clips of the Week Wheel of Fortune at times over the last couple of weeks. Uh, They're normally around 2010, 2011, but... uh, 2003, uh, to the point where they didn't even have uh, a little intro on them. So I don't quite know how that worked. They're just the the, the bare clips. So um, 
Uh, our producer has written some fresh intros for them. We haven't heard these clips. We're very much looking mm. forward to it. Um, and uh, I'll kick us off. And we start with Mike Parry and Graham Beecroft on the sad passing of a music legend. And the sound of Barry White there sadly passed away. Mr. Snake's hips uh, Parry already in action <laughs> next to me there. But a very yeah. sad passing. I mean, he was one on his own, really, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, when I was uh, when I was a youngster, Graham, that wasn't very long ago. You know, we used to rock and sure? roll to, <laughs> to Barry White in those nightclubs. He had the most inf- fantastic voice. It was, it was a compelling voice. He used to melt women's knees. It's a very specific <laughs> part of the body that used to melt, isn't it, really? Melt women's knees. Very interesting. Here's <laughs> Derek Thompson with news of a racing event. And then running alongside, we've got this July fair where you can go and see what old racehorses are doing. Yeah, I wonder what they are, the old racehorses. Are they opening pubs? I mean, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, probably standing around in a field, yeah. That's yeah, it, I mean, yeah basically. What do old racehorses do? You're going to haulage, I would imagine, yeah. This is a very fresh-faced Alan Brazil introducing a bizarre guest. Let's say a very good morning uh, to Steve Knight, trustee of the Surrey Swan Sanctuary. Now, Steve, how safe are our swans? How safe are our swans? Good question. Well, yeah, just just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> how safe are our how safe are our swans? There's also one now and about twelve. A swan guest on. That's, it's very odd, isn't it? Really? Uh, wasn't there a thing at the time with the the royal swans and people were eat, trying to eat them? And wasn't could that be. The story? Yeah, it, it could. I think it was something like that. Rings a bell. Okay. Anyway, yeah. how this safe is Richard... are our swans? <laughs> yeah, come on, keep going. No idea. This is Richard Kaufman trailing a big guest. We're here from South African fast bowler Sean Pollock ahead of tomorrow's One Day International with England. Actually, the correction the correction could have been worse, couldn't it, really? At least he got it right. Sean Pollock, he'll thank him for that. Uh, back, to, uh, back to Big Alan and Mike Parry being interrupted by a four-legged friend. Yeah, Alan, I'm sorry about that. Can you hear that crunching noise? I'm afraid it's our, it's our pet dog, Brandy. He's, Brandy's our guide dog. Uh, yeah. Yes, <laughs> Alan. That's what Alan and Mike used to share—a guide dog, <laughs> our guide dog, of course. Yes, yes. <laughs> Brandy the guide dog, not a pet dog, Mike. He was a feature around the office back in the day. Although, listening to this clip of Mr. Parry, there was something a bit unusual about him. Uh, producer, could you bring Brandy the blind guide dog in, please? I want some advice on interest rates. Thank you. <laughs> the blind guide dog. I mean, that's literally no, the blind leading the blind, isn't it, really? Uh, Brandy could very much see, thankfully, from Sean's point of view, <laughs> of uh, whose dog it was. Here's the uh, travel news now. The M6 in Cheshire, we've got a smash, a multi-vehicle one, northbound at junction 21A on the approach to the Croft interchange. Now, it looks like we've got the inside lane blocked on that M6 stretch. <laughs> the phone started ringing. That's, these things happen. Maybe there was a, more travel a news coming in. No, it's not a clip. That, that wouldn't get in now. But uh, it anyway. It definitely so wouldn't. What's next? It's Alan Brazil again with the text number. Text the word breakfast followed by the answer. A new name to 83088. Calls cost more than 50p. Okay, that's a bit vague, isn't it? That's not a bad... Calls cost more than 50p. Could be about 10 grand a call. Yeah, a bit of a chance there. Uh, this, is Chris, this is Chris Cooper. The, the UEFA, FIFA, the FA, they've got to turn around and, if necessary, bite the bull by the horns. Bite the ball by the horns. Oh, that that would be crunchy. bold, wouldn't it? I don't think I'd want to try that. I wouldn't. It's Keith Arthur on Fisherman's Blues with news of a competition. I've got to tell you, Mike, that for many years there was a John Smith's Championship on the Warwickshire Raven at Evesham on August Bank Holidays. Mm-hmm. And it, they, they really do push the boat out. 
Well, I'd like to think yeah. so. It's a fishing competition, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice way to describe a fishing competition, isn't it? It is, yeah. Uh, and sticking uh, with fishing, here's the news. Peacekeeping troops arrive in the West African country tomorrow. Dr. Enrique Steiger, a surgeon at the Red Cross hospitals. That's clever. Well, we know what old fish do. They become surgeons, but they've done about old uh, racehorses, clearly. Now, this clip, uh, this is station boss, our current station boss, and former weekend breakfast presenter Lee Clayton and Tony Cascarino welcoming a guest. Victory yesterday for England against South Africa, and Jack Bannister joins us. Jack, good morning. Lee, good morning. Hi, Lee. Hi, Jack. <laughs> Tony says hello good to everybody. Tony. Good old good Tony. Tony. Here's, the, uh, here's the sports news now. And in the men's and women's 400 metres hurdles, Olympic finalist Natasha Danvers again lowered her personal best. She's delighted with that. <laughs> Nothing like lowering your personal best. I bet there was a big celebration in the old Danvers household. <laughs> yes, it's Beaky now with a guest talking about the weather and going full partridge. Supermarket. I've been looking at your involved. temperatures. It looks looks fantastic over there. Yeah, so. yeah. Same same applied to me yesterday. Actually, I was uh, not intentionally, but I, I was outside wandering around. Went in somewhere that, where I could you could feel the aircon, you know, from about uh, mm. three or four yards away. So, oh, that's nice. I'll go in here, and uh, it was quite interesting as well. Yeah. Anyway, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't really going anywhere, Binky, was it? Really, the, the uh, aircon anecdote. I think uh, we were Mike, supposed to go aha at the end of that. I think we, we might have been. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mike Parry now looking ahead to the 2003 Glastonbury Festival and running us through the lineup. I've got a Radiohead CD on my dress it on on my uh, the dining room table at home. I'm going to play it this afternoon and find out what they sound like, right? And then somebody called Moby, right? And and is this somebody called the Pyramid Stage? There, there, Blue Zone, One World, Left Field. Purple Zone, Green Zone. Oh, no, sorry, that's where they're playing. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Won't be getting his own music show anytime soon, will he? It's brilliant, oh, Mike. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Is it me? It's you, it's yeah, finally, one. finally. Yes, and finally, uh, the Glastonbury chat continued with Mike and Al as they looked ahead to a guest. Yeah, Glastonbury today. Uh, our own Peter Abbott was there last night. We're going to speak to him a bit later. He's wallowing in his. Oh, the wandering minstrel, the minstrel, the wandering minstrel. who was in Australia, and uh, I thought he was getting. I thought you were giving him the old elbow. No, 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 no. You've got the wrong man, no, Peter Abbott. That, that's Mike uh, Boville. Oh right, he was right, the man right. who's wandering around Australia. He oh, might, he's getting the book. Uh, well, we haven't decided on him yet. <laughs> <laughs> The classic, classic Alan, who I think had had a late night the night before. It, it sounded like to me, didn't sound quite as youthful as he did in the first clip. So there we are. We can't do thank oh, yes. yous because it was 2003. But um, there we are. So that's some classic clips from uh, back in the day. Apparently there's some more. So we will... Um, yeah, most we'll, enjoyable. I like Yeah, we'll, we'll put those together for you. A few old names and faces you haven't heard for a while. And we'll give you another... Uh, kind of uh, clips of the week rewind and have a fresh batch. We, 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 we should thank John, our producer John Cadigan, for putting all that together because it was probably yeah, a bit of work actually. He did. Well so done, he re he re the intros for us. Good man. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. So there we are. This uh, uh, Lauren Stebman there, the co-winner of uh, SAS Who Dares Wins. Uh, uh, which uh, which of the shows would you do, Andy? You got, you're going to do one of the one of the Bake Off for you, isn't it? I would think. Bake off, yeah, definitely. Definitely, yeah. I wouldn't do. I wouldn't do the jungle because of the the insects and the. You got a problem with the insects? Well, I have. I couldn't unless I could take my tennis racket in with me. Oh yeah, what <laughs> the zapper? What, your, your zapper, your, your Frank zapper. Yeah. Sue, Sue's fascinated by the fact that you're not prepared to kill them, but I am. She seems to think that said something about me. 
Well, I know. I, I mean, if, if, if push comes to shove, I will. But if I can open a window and usher one out, yeah. I will before before but the Frank I'm Zappa in the sort of out. open area. So it's a kitchen. It's just one open area. Yeah. So in effect, I'm in the kitchen. So you kind of flies in the kitchen, can you? You certainly can't. Uh, <laughs> so you left the heating on again today, Andy. We've oh, been finding out about heating just... gate. So you wonder why you, have, you think you keep having these menopausal hot flushes, but it's just that the heating's on. Yesterday was for an hour. Today it was after about two hours. I thought, gosh, it's really hot in here, isn't it? It's very huge. It's like midsummer. I know it's hot out. And then I went and yeah. checked again. I hadn't turned the heating off again. Brilliant. Well done. Top work. <laughs> oh, top work. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we were, idiot, but you were telling cool. us earlier on about some of the great uh, supermarket replacements. A number of people have been having uh, deliveries oh, yeah. maybe in a way they wouldn't before. And you've been... Uh, Sending some through. Uh, we actually had one from one of the drivers. If I can just find that one. If I can uh, just find it here. It'll take a second to open. So apologise, everybody. Uh, I found it, yeah. Now, this is oh, from good. Rich in Tilbury. He said, I've been a home delivery driver for, uh, for a while now, and I have an embarrassing amount of bad substitute stories. I'm delivering now, so I'll probably miss this if it gets read out. But my favourite one... It's a customer who'd asked for a birthday candle that was shaped like a six. Our store didn't have that, so they subbed it for a candle shaped like a two instead. I can still remember, <laughs> can still remember the look on her face when she said to me, B6. Uh, it's true. It's, it's not, not, be that's not with a that, great uh, <laughs> substitution. Um, <laughs> Alistair Craig says, I picked up an order from, uh, from one of the supermarkets for my father-in-law. They had exchanged Geoffrey Archer's new novel for a Danielle Steele. Made my day, although not his. Will you say that? I think slightly racier work than, uh, than Geoffrey's. Uh, he may well have liked it. I've got another one. You'll like this one. It's from Martin Reynolds. It's, I'm a delivery driver, and some of the subs I've had recently have been one pint of milk for a honey roast ham, a full litre bottle of gin for a can of G&T, <laughs> and what about that? That's and a fair bag, enough. I mean, and a bag of mixed salad for daffodils. Stick that in your vase. He says, <laughs> That's Martin. No thank you very much. Even the drivers <laughs> must wow sometimes at the uh, at the substitutions that they're getting. What's the so, What's the thinking about not leaving it out? It's because people have paid for something, so you don't want to have to give the money back. So well, you, I think a... you can give them back to the drivers if you don't particularly want them. If it, If it's not a good, I think they're just trying to look for a, a, an alternative. And most of the time, I think the alternatives work they're quite fitting but clearly from some of the ones we've had today uh some of them are ridiculous this is all kicked off by uh, the cat treats that were replaced by a bag of sweet sensation thai crisps which uh, which is not great news for the cat so uh yeah thanks for those this afternoon we might try and squeeze in uh, one or two others uh, if we can do you have anything else for us andy from your extensive well, our list old of friend, stuff uh, cardi cardi b uh, oh yeah yeah today. still she's not wearing a, a cardi well i was going to say that she's showing off a body tattoo in a tiny bikini and not a large woolen button-up jumper i know you think someone now with her name would somebody would knit her one wouldn't they just it wouldn't take you think long they would I tell you what I did see yesterday that uh, this reminded me of something that happened all oh, in 2003. This was a, a classic 1930s Gibson Kalamazoo guitar, once owned oh, by yeah. Eric Clapton, went at, for nine grand at an auction. And yeah. I played in a, a big Bunbury match. It was uh, Eric Clapton's 11 against Bill Wyman's 11. It was um, Freddie Flintoff played, Rob Key played in that match. It was an amazing game, amazing. Murally, Alex Stewart, all sorts of people played. Wow. Probably the best celebrity game I've ever played in. And Dermot Reeve, who's brilliant captain of uh, Sussex at the time. You, know, you remember Dermot? Yeah. Wonderful one-day captain and player. Mm. And But he was a bit of a chance. And he, he basically brought along two guitars for Eric Clapton to sign. 
Yeah. Of course, that would make them immediately worth quite a bit of money. But mm. Eric has pointed out that the only guitars he actually sells are for his rehab center in, I think it's in the Caribbean, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I believe rightly. So mm. he refused, and I think Dermot was a bit upset about that. He wasn't happy at all. Oh, all right, okay. If you like. <laughs> yeah. He didn't want you. No, he didn't want best wishes Andy Jacobs on him. <laughs> no, surprisingly, he didn't. But no. there you go. I've got neighbours news for you, Andy, and we know you're a massive... You've got some new people to talk to neighbours about. Have you seen this? Uh, the no, good people, of, well, oh, the good, yeah. peop- yeah. the good people <laughs> of Fiji it. and Papua New Guinea, <laughs> yeah, because they're going to yeah. start beaming neighbours to seven <laughs> Pacific islands. Um, yeah, they say it's a way to make a connection between Australia and the Pacific Islands. But it's interesting, isn't it? Like Doctor well, Carl, he'll be really, yeah. he'll be seen as a god on some of the <laughs> some of the islands. There, quite possibly, they'll pay homage yeah. to him. Well, and uh, rightly one, uh, so. One of the other uh, casualties, sadly, of the virus is the. Uh, Elvis Presley lookalike contest in Porth Call. Uh, that's, oh. That was going on in September, but has now been cancelled. But uh, they could have zoomed it in, though. Couldn't they just go, get yeah, your Elvis lookalike on Zoom? And, yeah, uh, why not? It would have worked, but uh, no, it's bitten no the worries. dust, sadly. A bad news no there all around. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs uh, here on TalkSport. What's worth watching on the box tonight? Let's find out uh, from uh, Mike Ward, of course, from uh, the Star. Good afternoon, Mike. Afternoon, guys. Yeah, so uh, what's your standout this evening? Well, it's a, I'll be honest, it's a thin night. Um, oh, I is it really? <laughs> I don't well, have it does look thin, it. I <laughs> don't have many thin nights, personally, but um, TV-wise. Uh, I, I was actually just going to mention the, um, uh, the the news that Peter Crouch is going to save Saturday Night TV for BBC One. Is he? Uh, with his, yes, he's got a new thing starting on, I believe it's on the 8th um, of June, called uh, Peter Crouch Save Our Summer. Wow. Described... 
Uh, no pressure then. Absolutely. Single-handedly. Single-handedly. Brand new jam-packed entertainment show for summer 2020. A one-stop shop. uh, Really labouring this. One-stop shop of summary entertainment uh, led by national hero Peter Crouch along with multi-talented presenter Maya Jama and comedy supremo Alex Horn, who is wonderful. Uh, Yeah. yeah, I can read the whole lot. And the horn section. And the horn section are absolutely fantastic. It's worth watching for that alone. I'm not sure what the rest will amount to, but we're promised uh, special guests and uh, uh, ready to party for a summer like no other. Well, that's certainly true. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's it's been no some transformation that. for Pete, isn't it? Really, I mean, yeah. it's the kind of Mr. Really Mr. Saturday Night. Mr. Saturday Night. Where does this go yeah. from here? You know, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, podcast has been very popular, obviously. And he's, I think yeah. if 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 Ant got on deck shoulders, they would still not be as tall as Pete. <laughs> would yeah. they? I, I was going to say he's sort of reinvented himself, but he hasn't really so much reinvented himself. He's just taken what was already there and kind of run with it down a slightly different career route. Yeah, I've got a catchphrase from him already. Have you? Nice to look down at you. To look down at no, you. Nice. It's going to be Mr. Saturday yeah. Night. That's good. Yeah. You've wasted that now. Given that away for free, <laughs> they'll never have the Harlem Globetrotters on. They may they. Will that one at one point they will have they'll have the Harlem Globetrotters yeah, on probably week just probably week, week they'll be scratching just, the barrel by week two for that just for the comic effect of having oh um, yeah talking of the, talking of the Harlem Globetrotters I started play, I'm going to teach my wife to play basketball which yeah, is as you do. yeah because yeah. I can't yeah. play so I started playing a sweet Georgia Brown you know like the warm up that the Harlem Globetrotters does yeah. this is what we have to do I said you just stand in the middle handing me the ball and I'll sort of run round you oh wow so we'll see yeah. if, that, if that works. Yeah, he's bought her a Michael Jordan 23 uh, Chicago Bulls vest. He's, he's really gone for it. He does commit, Andy, when he does these things. I haven't played oh, yeah. basketball since I was at school, which is uh, yeah. a, a, a long time ago. But I did have one... I was terrible at it, by the way. I did have one thing I practised, and I, I pulled it off um, in a competitive context. And I was, uh, it's always sort of stuck in my memory, which is basically... You know, those, what is it, the three shots you get where you're standing... For, you, know, you know, get to stand in front of the ring and you get a couple of free shots, whatever they're called. I don't know what they're called. Free throw. Free, free throw, throw, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I did it backwards over my head and I practised it oh, for ages. Brilliant. I, I learned how to do it and I worked it out in my head and I, I was practising on my own and then I got a chance to do it in a competitive contest. It's the only thing I've done in my, in, in my basketball career, which was short wow. and unglamorous. And it just, you know, it stuck with me for a life. You know, a well lifetime. done. Yeah. Well, what a go. Yeah. I could probably just... not do it now, admittedly. No, but anyway. it might struggle. Anyway, the, yeah, television, um, yes. This, just go... Uh, just uh, on this day, well, actually, not actually on this day, it was a couple of days, but this week it was one of the greatest moments in my eyes in the history of TV. In 1973, mm. it was the night that That's Life first aired with the classic oh. clip of Prince the Talking Dog. Remember the Talking Dog, Prince, Mike? I'm a big Sausages? fan. Sausages? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, remi- let's remind, the ki- this was a real Talking Dog kid. Have I given it, it away now by saying that? Oh, no, no, no. no. Okay. no, no we've he done said, it about a million times on yeah, this show. It's no spoiler alert there. It was 1973. Okay. Sorry. Let's hear this, this here, a real Talking Dog. Here it is. I jumped upon me knee and um, he just started growling a bit in his throat and I just touched his jaw a little bit and... Sound like Anthony, so I thought, oh, that sounds okay. Why should he say Anthony? Well, that's uh, my brother's name. Does he still remember Anthony? Get him, get him to say it. Say Anthony, Prince. <laughs> so how did he do it? Well, it's in his throat, you know, he growls for notes and that, and uh, I, I just, as you can say, I move his throat, you know, his jaw a little bit, and... Where did he go after Anthony? Next, next thing he went on to were uh, sausages. <laughs> Why should he do sausages? Well, George next door gives him sausages, you know, he comes out every Thursday with a plate of sausages, you know, and puts them on the back doorstep and Prince goes and has a good tucking. <laughs> Tell us what you have on a Thursday, Prince. Well, yeah, what's George give you, Prince? 
等会儿。<笑> And if that's not entertainment,、oh. I don't know what is. A dog、Pe- saying sausages. Peter Crouch taking notes. Yeah, if Peter Crouch <laughs> can match that. <laughs> Paul's got a question for for the prince, though, that you always ask him about the Turkish football. Oh, I've, well, I, I, I can do. I, I, I well, often say to prince, I say,、uh, "Who's your favourite Indian all rounder?" Prince, he goes. <laughs> He always says, "Yeah, just hey, he's, he's your favourite player." Uh, yeah, okay, you get the idea. With Hassan Sash, it was. Oh yeah, it was Hassan. It was the favourite.、Uh, it was your favourite player in the Turkey team in the 2002 World Cup. <laughs> it sounds like the dog's possessed by the devil, it doesn't does. it? That's it what is. It is. It's very good. Yeah, Mike well, can only do his、uh, favourite Scottish goalkeeper. Was that? Who was that?、Uh, Favorite Scottish goalkeeper of, of, of all time. Well, think about the surname of one. Put back seventies, I think seventies or eighties. Oh, Alan.、Uh, oh, Alan Ruff, Ruff of course. Yeah. <laughs> back, he, only, <laughs> he, went, yeah, he wouldn't do it. Wouldn't work. Wouldn't <laughs> work, work the same. No, I know it wouldn't. We, I was just. Yeah. <laughs> I, I said I've got nothing to talk about, so I'm just. Sort of <laughs> yeah, I know.、Um, I'll tell no, you, I have actually. Well, I have, actually, I've got a couple. Sorry. Go on.、Uh, What else we've got?、Um, what else we got tonight?、Uh, we hunt together. We hunt together. It's、What's、on Alibi.、This? It's a new、uh, crime drama. It's going out on Wednesdays and Thursdays.、It、actually, looks really good. It's.、Um, mm. Um, I mean, the setup may may sound a bit cliche, but it, certainly from a, a first glance, it's,、uh, it's 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 promising. Eve Miles, who's obviously in loads of things, including、uh, Keeping Faith and、uh, Torchwood and all, all sorts of things, and Babu Cisse, they play uh,、um, a, a pair of mismatched murder cops, basically, and, and mismatched cop partnerships. I appreciate are, are, are something of a cliche, but this really works. They've obviously got all sorts of deep rooted issues themselves, you know, that, that will emerge as the series progresses, but they're on. Trail, on the trail of two, also mismatch, mismatch murderers. I don't know how you have ideally match murderers, but anyway.、Um, who, so it's a sort of strange you know, two very very unlikely partnerships. One,、hmm. you know, dark and deadly and and and, and, and psychopathic nature, and the other sort of the, the crime fighters. And so. They're basically playing the sort of cat and mouse game, as far as I can see. But it's quite gory and quite graphic in parts, so、uh, be warned、um, if you、okay. want, if you want to watch that. But it's certainly it's got a slightly killing Evie element to it because it's sort of trying to introduce some very dark humour within you know in the context of the the grisly stuff. But、uh, okay. well, my wife made me sit down and watch Vandervelk, which I have been、oh, on for、yeah. weeks. The re the reboot, yeah, no, no, the old ones. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, I watched, well, I looked at it. I went and ch- checked the old ones because I wanted to see if Barry Foster had any sort of accent at、yes. all. He didn't, and the people, but the people in it did have. Whereas in this one, it might as well have been in, all been in London. It was quite peculiar. So There's no Steve McLaren situation. No, sh- nobody spoke like this at all. I think with this、okay. one, what I noticed was, as, as far as I could see from the from what I watched of it, is that the people who are regular pu- members of the sort of the, 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 his team, as it were, didn't. But anyone who was just passing through, like somebody serving behind a bar, would have the accent just to remind us they were there. But they couldn't. They obviously didn't want to sustain that for too long because people would get tired of it. So the sort of insignificant characters had the accent, and the significant ones didn't.、Uh, which, as you say, <laughs> it could have just done in Slough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they yeah, yeah. Really, they might、else. as well have done. I think. Yeah, yeah. Mike, thank so, you. you. Cheers, guys. Take、oh, care. We, we, we will catch up with you. Keep practicing. We've got to come up with some other footballers for Prince. Although I think the moment may have gone. It was 1973. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. I hope you enjoyed those clips. We'll have a few more of those old 2003 ones for you. 
around the same time uh, tomorrow. So that's us. We'll return. We've got some Clive Woodward, the, the writers of the new first team football sitcom on the BBC and lots more besides. Until then, um, thanks for listening and stay safe. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.